This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm Champ Thornton, your host. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm glad to welcome to the podcast, Daniel Darling. Dan is a writer, a speaker, a podcaster, having previously served for six years as Vice President of Communications at the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. Dan is the author of 10 books, including most recently, Away With Words. He's also written The Characters of Easter and the best-selling The Characters of Christmas. I hope you'll check this out for your family. Dan's work has been featured in such outlets as USA Today, Christianity Today, and he is also serving as a columnist at World Magazine. He and his wife, Angela, have four children. They attend Green Hill Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, where Dan serves as pastor of teaching and discipleship. And I just am glad to have you on the podcast today. Dan, welcome. I am glad to be here. And I love this podcast and I love this idea for it. What a, what a great thing. I love doing this podcast and I love doing it, if nothing else, for my own kids so we can listen to it on the way to school in the morning and hear God's word. So I am eager for my own family's sake to hear what verse you have for us today. So where would you like to take us? So I would like to talk about 1 Peter 3.15 which has kind of been a favorite verse in the last several years. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And if you read the next passage, it says, yet do this with gentleness and reverence, keeping a clear conscience so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct, Christ will be put to shame. So it's really 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16. And actually 3, 14 talks about do not fear them or be intimidated. So really that kind of 14 through 16. So, Dan, do you think that these verses are rightly applied when we think about kind of apologetics or defending the faith? I mean, you hear them quoted in that context, mm-hmm. be ready to give an answer. But is that what these verses are talking about? Yeah, I, th- I think yes and no. I think yes in the sense that, you know, First Peter is really the context of First Peter as he is talking to the first century church about what it is to live as a marginalized community uh, of faith. He's talking to this the Christian movement, which is still early, mm-hmm. a fledgling movement. They had not faced yet the really intense persecution that would come, right? You know, for about four centuries from the, the Roman government. But they were feeling it in their jobs, in their communities, in their families, because they were they were saying that this Jesus is the Son of God. Hmm. He's the only pathway to God. He is He's Lord over everything which really conflicted with the Roman pantheon of gods and the Roman cult practices and sacrifices. And it also conflicted with, you know, those who continue to practice Judaism and did not recognize Jesus as Messiah. So they were facing this. So in one sense, it really does fit with this hmm. in terms of apologetic. You know, Peter's saying, how do we live in an age when to be a Christian is a detriment? Hmm. On the other hand, I think we, we don't fully get the full impact of the verse because I think we're really good at saying, have an answer for every person for the hope that lies within you. But the next part of it, what does it say? But do it with gentleness hmm. and kindness. And Peter has this idea that you can be both courageous. He says, don't fear them. You know, don't be intimidated. You have the truth. At the same time, he says, the way you speak, the way you engage matters to do it with gentleness and kindness. So it's not just enough to, to be right. How you speak matters. So courage and civility can, can coexist is what he's saying. 
So why do you think it's so hard to put these two elements together? I was talking with Scott Sauls the other day about these exact things that he says like in Proverbs that we need to have a gentle answer. And here Peter's picking up on that same theme. You would think, okay, we're Christians. This is a biblical theme throughout scripture. Why is it so hard to put together communicating about our faith and yet doing it with gentleness? Why is that so difficult? Well, I think there's a couple of things going on here. I think number one, and, and Peter gets at this in First Peter, there's a confidence in being right and having the truth. Mm-hmm. And you want everybody to know, and you feel good about that. Right. But that can quickly become kind of a self-righteous thing where you where you make it more about you than about the message. So every every person that attacks you or doesn't agree with you becomes a kind of enemy because you feel like you're taking it personally. And I think that's one thing. I think number two, we we have a, especially in this age, this idea, you know, we talk about courage and civility. Courage and civility can coexist, but all the incentives today go the other way. All the incentives reward hot takes. They reward extremism. They reward crushing the other side. Hmm. And there's not a whole lot of reward for kindness and gentleness. But it's interesting to me that Everywhere in the New Testament where it talks about spiritual maturity or leadership of any kind, whether it's the qualifications for spiritual leaders in the church, whether it's the fruits of the Spirit, you have a lot of traits of temperament there. Hmm. Kindness, gentleness, not a brawler, not someone who quarrels or or enjoys quarreling all the time. Hmm. And so the New Testament is saying that we're not just a different kind of people because of what we believe. We are. We believe things that run counterculture. We, we have the story that tells the story of the world, and it's going to mm-hmm. conflict. Jesus said that, you know, if you follow me, that you're going to face persecution. They hated me. They're going to hate you. Servant's not greater than his master. So we should expect opposition. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're not just different because of what we believe. We should also be different in the way that we conduct ourselves, that the gospel should be doing a work in us that sets us apart in the way that we interact with folks. Hmm. And I think if you really truly understand the gospel, you should have that confidence that you don't have to employ the rhetorical tools of the devil. You don't have to walk around seeking whom you might devour. You don't have to see people as, you know, avatars to be crushed, but you can see them as human beings made in the image of God. And so this is what Peter's getting at. And I think it's important for us to understand who's saying it. It's Peter saying it. Hmm. Peter's not a shrinking violet, right? Peter's the one who cut off the centurion's ear in the garden right. when he was willing to defend Jesus. Peter's one who, in an earlier life, would be the one who would be brash and maybe rude or maybe say things. Hmm. He's also someone who was willing to be jailed for his faith in the book of Acts. He's someone that tradition says was crucified for his faith. So you're not talking to someone who would cave and compromise on what he believes. And yet he's saying, even when you're being opposed and even when you're speaking up for the truth and you're right, it matters how you do this and how you speak. That's so powerful. So Dan, if you were in the car with your children and you're getting ready to send them out to some event and you had to tie this up in 20 seconds, what's your message to them before you say goodbye? Uh, I would say that you are going to face opposition as a follower of Christ. You should expect it. You shouldn't be surprised by it. And God cares not just that you stand up for what's right, but he also cares about the way you carry yourself Hmm. and how you see the person that disagrees with you. And one of the things that is unique to us being Christians is that we see the humanity of the people that disagree with us, and we love people, even the people who are trying to hurt us. 
Dan, I am grateful that you took us to this passage and pointed out these things in 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. Would you just take a moment and pray these verses for all of us that God would help us to live this way in days to come? Dear Lord, we thank you and praise you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you that you are a good father who cares for us. Lord, I pray that you would arm us both with truth and grace, that you would give us the boldness to stand up for the truth in this age, that we would not conform ourselves to the spirit of this age, that we would not let the world shape what we believe. And yet, Lord, I pray that you'd give us a, a love for the people around us, a love that sees those in our world, those who might not agree with us, as people that you created in your, your image, people for whom you died. And Lord, I just pray that you would help us to live on mission for you to be your ambassadors in the world. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.